List Possibilities Podcast. My name is Zach Johnson, and this is episode number 44. If you're a returning listener or a new listener, thank you so much for being here. And if during the interview at any time you find any value in it, I would greatly appreciate if you could head on over to social media, hit that like, share, and follow button, and send it on to a friend and let them know some of the great information, some of the amazing tidbits that are contained within the interview, as it really does go a long way to show me that each and every one of you are getting value from the interviews that I'm doing. And it helps me to grow the podcast and grow the show. I really appreciate that a lot. I'm really excited for everybody to hear the interview today with Elizabeth as it really hit home for me how important mindset is. And it really showed me that everything that we've talked about in all of the interviews truly is something to strive for, whether we're trying to find the next level in sports, whether we're finding the next level in business, whether we're just trying to rearrange our life and go towards that path. She has some great points about really trying to have difficult and tough conversations with herself. And there's no better time to do that than right now. Oftentimes we try to push it down the road and say, ah, I'll deal with it next week. I'll deal with it tomorrow. There's no better time than today because the only thing that we're guaranteed is today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So take advantage of the time and really take advantage of all the amazing insights and tidbits that Elizabeth drops during the interview. Before heading on over there, I'd like to tell you about today's sponsor, Timo Mai or Out Hustle My Yesterday Apparel. You can find them at timomai.com. So it's T-E-A-M-O-H-M-Y.com. And while there, use the code LIMITLESS for 15% off on every single order. Be able to help out a great guy in Duncan Sorso, one of the former guests on the podcast, but also being able to receive complete quality clothing. And I say that because I really do wear it every single day. In fact, I'm wearing one of the t-shirts right now and the comfort, the quality is so amazing. It won't shrink in the wash, doesn't wash away. So can't say enough about it. So again, head over to Teamomai. It's T-E-A-M-O-H-M-Y.com and use the code LIMITLESS for 15% off on every single order. I really look forward to hearing from each and every one of you about what the amazing insights or topics that you picked up from the interview are and Without further ado, head on over to the interview with Elizabeth and I'll catch you guys on the other side. Next on the Limitless Possibilities podcast, originally from Milton Keynes, England, is a former professional badminton player and a current high performance specialist. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth Ken. Thanks very much for having me here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm really excited to be able to share some of the insights and values that you've been able to obviously get to the level of achievement that you're at and kind of talk about how we connected, I think is, you know, a valuable platform for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to get stuck into this topic. <laughs> Perfect. So obviously growing up, you know, in England and being, you know, being around the environment, what kind of took you towards, I guess, sports? Was there, what kind of gave you that initiative to go towards sports early on? Was it family influence or was it kind of just, you were driven that way or what kind of took you that way? Yeah, so actually growing up, I kind of dotted about slightly. So I, w- I was born in England, but when I was three, my family moved to Jersey in the Channel Islands, tiny little island. And being so small, everybody's so active on the island. It's easy to get from one place to the next. So I was into all sorts of sports. My family were very sporty and my mum seems to take a particular interest in badminton. And so badminton became almost like our family sport. And so what started off as lots of different sports, as kids do, ended up with badminton being a key sport. So that's how it really started. 
Yeah, and I think that what you just said right there too, right, is being a youngster and having that family dynamic, it not only does it allow you to thrive competitively, but it allows you to kind of have that family connection. Because I know for myself, being playing baseball or playing hockey, that's what really connected me to my family members as well too. Do you think that that really helped you with the passion to be able to keep going is that your family was behind you because they also enjoyed it? Without a shadow of a doubt, that definitely helped. You know, we were constantly at the badminton hall, playing competitions, going to club night, going to the tournaments. Uh, and probably it helped even more that you and my mum started teaching me how to play badminton from a young age. So it was all very integrated as part of the family. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, you know, early on, like you said, obviously having your family coaching you, they probably instilled a mindset into you that maybe you didn't even understand when you were a young kid. But as you've gotten older, you've developed into that. How important, whether, you know, a person's trying to pursue excellence in sports or just in everyday life, do you see the difference between somebody who's got a very valid or strong foundation of mindset and somebody who's maybe wavering the difference in, you know, success is essentially? You definitely, well, it plays a massive role in it. And I think the younger you start with developing the right kind of mindset for success and high performance, it, you know, the better stead it puts you in for the future. It doesn't mean you can't develop that later in life. But as we all know, the sooner you, you do it, the more ingrained it is and the more habitual it is. Mm-hmm. So if there is somebody that, you know, maybe currently is stuck where they're, you know, they're trying to find that mindset or they're trying to really be able to get to that next level of life, what would be the first thing that you would really kind of try to help somebody that's so, so to say, maybe lost at the moment with everything that's going on? What would be the one thing to kind of really help develop that mindset to be able to achieve anything moving forward? Yeah, I think the first thing is to get real clarity on what it is that you would like to achieve like get that clarity like crystal clear then when you've got that clarity you're able to start to shape out a pathway that you're going to go down in order to get there because i think a lot of the time sometimes we can be kind of going around in circles in a state of frustration because we either don't know where we want to go at all or if we do know it's so vague that we have no idea where to start so i would say get that clarity first understand that it is totally possible to thrive despite what's going on around you if we get the right structure in place get the right mindset in place and just getting that possibility in your mind is the next step especially at a time like this Uh, and then maybe start to find like who has done what I'm trying to do who around me whether they're in my direct circle or whether I can see them on tv or on social media or something let me try to see somebody else who's done it too because that will increase your belief level already and then you can go on to working with a coach and doing all the mindset kind of work but I think you know that's a good starting point Well, and I think what you just said there too, right, is so important for having that clarity. It's so easy, you know, particularly with social media, you go on and you see, oh, this person's successful. Maybe I want to dabble there or, you know, maybe wanting to dabble there. So really kind of honing that in. If a person's kind of conflicted between two things, maybe they're very passionate about one and they're, you know, they, they see the maybe four long opportunities in the other, if they're trying to find a decision between two, what would be kind of what you would suggest to really take them where they're going to be successful between those two? Uh, I would say 
first of all is which one do you if you really sit with it and think about both of your options what one is really singing in your heart because if you're wanting to high achieve in something if your heart's not in it 100 you are not going to get there or at least it's going to be a miserable journey if you do get there so it's a whole load of force otherwise um and then i would say then is it realistic and i use that word grudgingly because i hate the word realistic i hate it when somebody tells me to be realistic but (laughs) for example if i was to sit here and say i want to be the number one tennis player in the world actually it is pretty unrealistic because i'm not a tennis player i'm in my 40s as an example okay so we've just got going to the extremes if it is realistic then great go with that one that you are the most passionate about i would say yeah and i think that exactly you know kind of ties into obviously why you were so successful in badminton right is it was something that you were instilled in early that you had that passion for do you think if you would have been as passionate about it you would have been able to go as far because obviously you know being athletes or just being people in general we go through so many ups and downs and the mindset that we're of being passionate, but also being driven to succeed because of that passion really helps us get to the next level. It, uh, this, I have no doubt. I would not have got to where I got to without the passion. I, it's all I wanted to do. When I first started playing it, it took over every other sport that I did. There was no question in my mind. And there were a lot of downs on the journey as well as the ups, mm-hmm. but a lot of the downs. And so if I didn't have that passion so deep rooted in me, I could have very easily stopped on that journey very easily. But it never, I just never contemplated stopping before it was the right time to stop because of my passion. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, right, they get into this, this rhythm of maybe they're chasing something because it's somebody else's dream or they're chasing something because they want to chase the money, so to say. And then they hit that wall, like you were talking about, or hit that down and they can't come back up from it because it's not something they're passionate about. If a person kind of hits that, you know, down where they're, you know, again, lost, how really to be able to find that passion? What is, you know, the power of habit? Obviously, we've talked about what is one habit that they can really do to maybe kind of start that upward trend again? I've always loved using visualization because it really aligns your mind with what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, despite the fact that I was also passionate about my sport, I equally had the emotional slumps that came with it where Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get up and do the things I knew I needed to do. So by just taking a moment out, and I know you are saying about maybe somebody is doing something that's actually somebody else's dream, Maybe there comes a point in time where you've got to sit and think, is this really for me? Uh, Is this actually the right path? And get brutally honest with yourself. If it's not, then you've got some decisions to make and really think about where you want your life to go. But actually, if it is what you really want to do, then you need to maybe take a step back at a certain point. Let me, the amount of times we've said, let's get back to basics. 
when things aren't going so well, like I said, when my mum was coaching me all through my juniors, sometimes I'd have a rough patch and we'd be like, back to basics and going back to basics worked just do the simple things that got you started that started bringing in a certain level of success and that strengthens your foundations again well and i think you were just talking about visualization and i i've been a huge proponent of using that throughout my career as well i really love that one of the other things that i've also used is you know gratitude journal for being where i'm at Is there any other tool to maybe add to people's toolkits, whether it be breathing or meditation to maybe obviously visualization is a great one, but to be able to add a couple more tools to the toolkit, do you have some other ones that you would maybe suggest people checking out if they haven't already started down that path of trying them? I I like what you said about the breathing, because the breathing, when we really try to take control over our breathing and calm it down, we're now starting to work with connecting the mind and the body together. And I liked and, and meditation as well was a massive key part because actually, yes, we, we can sit there in a visualization and start kind of thinking of things in our head, but to actually try to just still everything and make it calm can bring us back down to balance. Because when we're out there kind of hustling and bustling in the world, trying to achieve, it can become very intense. And actually I find meditation would recalibrate things it would it would help life would go a lot smoother when i when i meditated on a regular basis there's no two ways about it i also like to use affirmations however affirmations can sometimes become almost mindlessly repeating a certain sentence Mm -hmm. so what i would do with that is I would try to bring an affirmation in and bring in the right feeling with it that aligns with the statement that I'm repeating. And sometimes that's possible. Sometimes it's not necessarily possible if you're really not feeling great at that point in time. So what I used to use it for is I would use the statement to interrupt my thought pattern. So if I'm going off on a downward spiral about what may or may not happen, I would use a statement, which was my affirmation to interrupt it. So it may not a I may not be in that heightened state. Of, I've got everything I want because I'm also not sure about the whole positive thinking all the time is the the final answer. But it would work for me to interrupt going on a downward spiral. And I think what you just said there is so important for a lot of people. We're we're in such a fast moving world. You know, we are constantly getting bombarded by notifications, by emails, by you know, Amazon deliveries, by all these different things going on. And being able to kind of hone ourselves back into the moment is so important. Just in your own life, you know, you were talking about maybe thinking too much about the possibilities of what might or might not happen. That kind of leads down that road of anxiety or, you know, stress about thinking about, oh, I didn't get this done today. How important is it to kind of have a daily structure of saying, okay, here's what I'm going to achieve today. These are the essentials to do today. And if I get those done, then I had a successful day and being able to move the things over the next day to kind of be able to, obviously with the other tools of breathing and meditation, to be able to kind of keep yourself without being so hard, essentially on your own self-conscious or subconscious. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I used to get very nervous when I was competing and nervous in the lead up to competition. And that is just my mind spinning off onto what if I don't win, basically. And to, to bring that back into, you have to gain perspective over the situation. 
what did I do when? How about I think about that one, you know? Or like you're saying, if you you know I need to do X, Y, and Z, and when I do X, Y, and Z, that's going to get me into my optimal state on a mental and physical level, then I can tick that box and I know it's done and I can breathe and I can relax outside of that. We are still human. No matter how much we want to high perform, we are still human. We still need to be kind on ourselves. We still need to be relaxed and allow things to flow. And being so ruthlessly hard on ourselves, I know I've been there and it absolutely does not work. But it's also important to be really honest with ourselves in terms of I've got this big goal. Am I doing enough? Am I working hard enough in order to get there? So once we know, yes, we've ticked that box, because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So we know it's going to be difficult. But once we've ticked that box, then we know outside of that, give yourself a break, relax a little bit. It's okay. And I've been in that same, you know, same exact spot. Like you were talking about where it's like, oh my God, well, what if this doesn't succeed? And then, you know, you create that, downward, you know, spiral of thinking. And then all of a sudden at the same time, you put so much performance anxiety on yourself. So if a person, you know, whether it be in athletics or, you know, their business and they're doing, you know, video chats or they're doing different things like that, how do you have a breathing routine that you do maybe before getting on to doing certain things to be able to kind of bring yourself back to the moment? Do you have like a, you know, a a in blue out red strategy, or do you have a specific one that you kind of suggest to people to kind of help. Cause I think one thing that I've really seen myself is, you know, whether it be on clubhouse where people are speaking people, you can hear they're very anxious because that it's that our mind just starts racing, right? Like what if I mess up? So how do you kind of recenter yourself or suggest to people to recenter? So I, I actually just keep it quite simple. I know there's a lot of different yoga techniques in terms of breathing in the right nostril and out the left and things like that. And I've, I've, I use that at times, but to us, I actually keep it simple where I start with 10 deep breaths. But on the way out, when I breathe out, I just see my body relaxing and I kind of scan where I'm holding tension in my body. Is it my shoulders? Is it my legs? It could be anywhere. And I'm just scanning where it is and just let it go. Breathe in again, let it go. And I do and if those 10 breaths need to turn into 20 breaths, then fine. I'll do what I need to do. Yeah. And I think just even just pausing throughout the day, even if we're not in a moment where we're about to get anxious for something that's out of our comfort zone, how about we just interrupt the busyness of our day with some deep breaths? to bring us down back down again. I'm a big believer in trying to recalibrate ourselves as much as possible so we don't get to the end of the day and everything is so intense and so heightened because we've been on it, on it, on it. If we just bring it back down at 11 o'clock, at one o'clock, at three o'clock, it takes five minutes. And I'm so glad you said that because I've had a few conversations, as I'm sure you have as well, trying to suggest that to people, you know, whether it be family members or friends or just, you know, acquaintances and, hey, you know, maybe just try breathing to calm down. I breathe all day. Like, oh, there's a, you know, there's there's definitely a difference between intentional breathing and just, you know, obviously our system naturally breathing. So I'm really glad I'm really glad you said that for sure. 
what are some of the biggest contradictory practices that you've seen from people who say, like you said, I want to be successful. I want to achieve more, but then they might not even realize that they have some contradictory practices that are keeping them stagnant in that same place and to be able to try and break through. Yeah, I think it's, it is a real case of action speaking louder than words. We can say all the we can sort of blue in the face what we want, but are our actions really lining up with it? I mean, from an athlete perspective, I would see plenty of athletes going out drinking, staying up late, drinking big bottles of Coke and all the, the wrong foods and whatever. And maybe they do that because they naturally kept their weight as what it needed to be and they didn't need to consider that. But actually the impact on your level of performance, whether you're an athlete or not, it's impacted by those bad habits. I would say also just, you know, not sleeping properly, not calming yourself down before you go to sleep. Sometimes these little things can be subtle. That You know, the things like going out drinking and eating with this, they're kind of obvious ones, but it's a subtle thing. Like for me, I know if I'm on my computer or my phone, close to bedtime i'm just not going to sleep or i'm looking at instagram or something i'm tossing and turning for ages and then the next day is impacted so just something so simple like that and i think we all end up needing to create our own blueprint in a way for what leads us to success because we're all so different And have you found one that has been, obviously you talked about using your phone or being on the computer right before bed. Have you found one thing that you do first thing in the morning that really kind of helps set that intention for the whole day, whether it be, you know, first thing in the morning, doing a quick breathing or not looking at your phone for the first 30 minutes. I know you you, uh, talked about reading the 5am club as well. And one of the big things that, you know, that book is big on is of course, you know, you can wake up at whatever time you want but the surrounding of it is using that first hour of your morning to really structure and lay out your day. So is there one thing that you found successful or in helping um, some of the people that you work with that has really been the, I guess, a key to success and intention for the day? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cheat. and I'm going to say two things. Um, Perfect. The first thing is just moving my body a little bit. Now, back in the day, I used to get up and do a hit circuit first thing. Now, I guess I've had so many injuries over the years. My body doesn't really want to get up and do something as vigorous as that first thing. So I will do some kind of, it could be yoga or it could be some core exercises, something where I'm just getting the blood moving and I'm not stiff and I get the energy moving a little bit. And then the second thing is a meditation. I just, so I get my body set. And I get my mindset. It's not necessarily a visualization. It could just literally, it might be one or the other. Uh, it'll depend on how I feel in the day, but getting my mind right and getting my body right really sets me up. And that, I think, you know, again, as you said earlier as well, each one of us have to kind of hone in or make our own thing because nobody's going to be cookie cutter. You're going to do different things than I'm going to. But I think for a lot of people, and I'm sure you found this as well, is just having examples because there's so many things that a lot of people look at a lot of it as, you know, quote unquote, woo woo, right. And they're unsure of, ah, that doesn't sound like me, but how big is it to just step into vulnerability and be willing to fail 
you know, obviously playing sports and being an athlete, we learn how to fail and come back better from our failures. And it's not that other people don't, but oftentimes it's that uncomfortable or afraid to be embarrassed or be vulnerable. How do you really help people step outside that comfort zone and step into the vulnerability to be able to challenge themselves? Yeah, it's really understanding that that's a courageous part. We, none of us really want to fail. It is You can't escape it. If you want to succeed in something, you have to fail along the way because you've got to learn how to do it right. Yeah. So first of all, make up your mind about whether you really prepared to do what it takes to be successful. And even if you do decide that you really want, that doesn't mean we're still, we're suddenly not afraid. So then we've made the decision that we are going to step out and try to do it. One thing that helped me is, okay, we might be afraid to fail. And what are we afraid of? We're afraid of the judgment of others around us, whatever field we're in, mm-hmm. it'll be the the judgment, the comments, the criticism that might come with it. But I I took the view that I'm the one that's being courageous by stepping into the field to do what it is I'm going to do. And the person on the sidelines watching me, they're not being the brave one at that point in time by stepping into the field. So therefore, am I going to take on board their views of me? The answer is no, because they're not the ones stepping in there and doing it. I will take on the opinions of those who have been there, they've done it, and they have something constructive to say to me. It doesn't matter if it's a criticism as long as it's constructive. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's really it's really understanding who, what views are we taking on board around us. And that helped me, especially with learning to do public speaking. It was the worst thing I could ever think of doing at one point until I thought, actually, what's the worst that can happen? Another thing I think of is, will this really matter in five years time or in one one year's time? And often the things that I'm worrying and stressing over, I'm like, oh, to be fair, no, I probably won't even be bothered next week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) So it's important that we get that perspective on it. Understand, okay, yes, we're bothered, but how bothered are we? you're having the courage to step in and do it. You can't escape the failure Mm -hmm. and whose opinions are we really listening to? Well, and that right there, I think is so important. And a lot of people maybe don't see it the same way until they kind of get down that path. But how important is our diet and not even necessarily just food, because that is obviously one proponent of it. But as you just said, taking in, you know, criticisms or taking in values from different people, you know, whether it be, you know, like you said, t- if you're an athlete and you're reading on Twitter and somebody's criticizing you, does their opinion really matter? Or if you have a family member that maybe doesn't believe in you, are you taking in there? So what are some of the things that other than food, as far as the diet for your brain are so important to really make sure that we're careful about what we're watching, reading, listening to? Yeah, I do you know I actually stopped using my radio alarm clock a long time ago because it seemed to be every morning my radio would wake me up and the words would be, oh, there's another stabbing here or there's another shooting there. And I did not want to start my day with that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the news, I will find out, I will see somewhere, you know, but I want to choose when my attention is turned to something like that. Mm-hmm. So actually I stopped having my radio alarm on 
I stopped listening to the news or watching the news on a regular basis, day in, day out. I'm still aware of what's going on in the world, but I'm not feeding my mind. Yeah. I stopped a long time ago buying magazines that are gossipy or engaging in gossip because it's so negative. And maybe actually what's the gossip about? Is it somebody who is stepping out there and being courageous with what they're doing, or it could be a number of things. So stepping away from that negative chat. And I would say those are the key things that I did to kind of shift away from that, that bad diet, like you say. Yeah. And I, one thing that I've really believed in the past, you know, five, six years of kind of going through my self-improvement journey is that everything has an energy, right? And where we give our attention, we're giving our energy to. And we connected on the the app Clubhouse. And one thing that I've really loved about that app is sometimes on social media, you get a highlight reel of people's lives, right? You get the pictures of them standing by a jumbo jet. You get the picture of them standing by successful people in their niche, whatever it might be. But one thing that I really value about that app is that nobody can hide behind a photo, right? When you're speaking, the authenticity of your voice is going to come out or the true passion of what is going on. One thing that I think that app is going to change, and it's something that you're obviously working with when you're you know, working with your high performance clients is making sure that, like you just said, connecting with people who are like-minded, connected with people that are going towards but that app is allowing people to find their pod or find their tribe. So to say that's been the coin phase big time. How important is it not only whether it be mentorship or, you know, success groups or different things to not allow yourself to be pulled because of somebody else's direction towards the tribe that isn't going to benefit you. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important to align ourselves with people who are an energetic match. I'm glad you brought that up about energy. I think Energy is the foundation of everything. Our energy proceeds as you walk into a room and you just pick up. You know, we, we present ourselves with our energy. Yeah. First, anything comes out of our mouths. And I know that obviously Clubhouse is a step on in terms of social media where we get to hear somebody, we get to pick up their energy versus the pictures we see on something like Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's amazing because there's only you know, once you're talking enough in the rooms, like people will pick up your level of authenticity. So it's another way, it's it's very, it was a very quick way to connect with people on Clubhouse. So yeah, incredibly important to listen to people, see if you just go with your gut, go with your instincts on how much you feel like you connect and align. And yeah, it's it's a very important area. And I think, you know, kind of diving right into that too is, you know, it kind of touches on everything that we've talked about, whether it be, you know, being driven by your passions and not chasing money, you know, really kind of finding yourself. And I know something that you are doing, you know, studies and you're doing a lot of involvement in is the the neuro-linguistic programming. So how in your, I guess, I'm intrigued to learn more about it as well, but how important is some of the findings that you've had through your research and stuff been to really kind of, let's say, life hack and help people get to the next level with that? Yeah, I mean, I love it. I'm very much into hacking our minds, biohacking, all of it, do what we what we can. Yeah, so with the neuro-linguistic programming, I've learned that we all 
we all have our own map of the world. We all see the world not as it is, but as we are. And we are a sum of all our life experiences and the beliefs and the attitudes that we have formulated as a result of the, our experiences and our exposure to certain things in life. So imagine it like we've all got a different colored pair of sunglasses on. So we look through that and the world looks different to all of us. Now, sometimes that pair of glasses isn't a great pair of glasses. We don't want to look at the world that way. It's stopping us. It's hindering us from where we're going. And so the neural linguistic programming uses a whole variety of tools and techniques to start to change your own map of the world and align your mind to where it is you actually want to be heading. So that's it in a nutshell, the neuro-linguistic programming. But we actually are programmed on a daily basis without us even being aware of it. What we see on TV, what we look in a magazine, going to the shop, seeing things, you know, an advert on a van that drives past. We think we're not paying any attention to it, but actually our mind is. But our mind can only consciously think of a very small number of things. The amount of information that's fed into our brain all day, every day, yeah. in huge amounts, more than we can even realize. So yeah, we need to we, we need to train ourselves and work work our mind to enable us to high perform. And the rabbit hole that can come from brain hacking and you know biohacking or obviously the neurolinguistic programming is, is extensive right you can go on youtube and you can find videos that will take you down if somebody's really intrigued on maybe taking the first step into maybe their journey of going that way what is the one thing that you would say to kind of look at because i know for myself i've looked into it a lot but there's a lot of different avenues that you can go so what is one that you really think would be a broad stroke that a lot of people would be able to resonate with and not get overwhelmed by the information that they might find. Yes, it's uh, certainly a big world out there. I would say find one person who is putting content out there on the particular topic that you're interested in and maybe just stick with that one person. And at least for a while, doesn't mean you can't branch off and look at other people for a while or after a while. But if you concentrate on that one person and implement what you're learning with them, I've been there before where I've got so overexcited with all this new information that I'm getting. And then I get six months or a year down the line and I'm not really any further forward because I haven't really solidly implemented it. You're better off to read one book or watch one YouTube video and make what you've learned a part of your day-to-day -day practice. And that will change your life, not a whole mountain of information in your head. And I think that right there is exactly the key that I was hoping you were going to say, because people, right, we want to go to that next thing. We want to move to the next level. And, you know, obviously you're an avid reader as well. But if you read a book and you just read it to read it rather than reading to understanding you know, there is a significant difference. And I think what you just said there is so important because a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, they'll read the cover, they'll read a review on a book that will say, this will help you level up your life, you know, and this one will help you. And it's so easy, like you said, to get transfixed in this, 
positivity, you know, self-improvement thing. But like you said, you, you know, you look back and I'm no farther forward than it was. So I'm really glad you said that because that is such a huge, important thing for a lot of people is implementing what they're hearing and not just taking it into taking in. If a person really is, you know, struggling to take things in, and obviously with the brain hacking or the, the biohacking and being able to retain the information, how, I guess, what would be the best practice to be able to do? Would it be, you know, doing a daily journal to kind of help them make sure that they're initiating or doing, or doing a vision board or, you know, doing uh, a daily gratitude journal or something to be able to kind of really implement what have you seen has been the most successful for people that are maybe in the early onset of trying to implement what they are learning. Yeah, I love those things that you're saying about the journaling, um, the vision board. I've I've had a vision board for years. Actually, need to redo my vision board. Another one that I've done over time is just write things on little sticky notes and maybe put it on the mirror somewhere, put it on the fridge, put it dotted about in places where I will be going. And then it's that drip feed. Even if I'm not consciously reading it, remember what we said about the neuro-linguistic programming? It is in my mind. Then what else have I done? With my phone, I might create a certain screensaver on my phone if I want to keep prompting myself about something. So I'll create a visual there that I will see all the time when I'm looking at my phone. Maybe setting a reminder on my phone. So at certain intervals, it will pop up like a text message mm -hmm. and a little nudge. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are quite useful. And then mm -hmm. if, I ha if it is a book that I'm trying to get my head around, when I read a book, that book looks completely used by the time I finish it. Cause I get that highlighter out. I get the pen out. I'm putting lines around things, big stars. So that when I want to go back and think, Oh, what was that? It's easy for me to flick through and see what those key points were at the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that too. Cause I, I know um, to come back to the 5am club, I have that book with little uh, tabs coming out of it and highlighting everywhere. And one thing that I found in my own practices, like you just said, is by me reading it, but then going back over and highlighting it, my brain is then doubling up on that specific thing. Have you found that the difference between maybe somebody listening, a lot of people right in our busy life, they want to listen to audiobooks because they're not actually having to sit and be present. Have you found that there's a significant difference between retention of people who are reading compared to listening to the audiobooks? I think so. I mean, I am a fan of audiobooks, but mm -hmm. there are certain books where I need to get the hard copy of it because I know if I'm listening to an audiobook, my attention might drift for a moment. And then by that point, I've missed it. And then I'm trying to rewind back. I go too far back and then I think I'll forget it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but if I've got that hard copy, and I'm, I'm consciously properly reading it through. And that's when I can get my highlighter out. With the audiobook, I can't flick back through that. But audiobook is great if you're driving. If I've been driving for two hours somewhere, great. I can listen to an audiobook. But I love a hard, hard back. I'm the exact same. So I found myself a few times listening to audiobooks and I'll get, you know, maybe let's say two or three chapters into the book and I'll stop listening to it and order the hard copy because I'm like, this is a book that I'm going to need to retain and, you know, do that exact same practice. So again, I, I do think there's immense value, regardless if it is through hard copy or e, you know, through the audiobook, that there is so much value in just 
stepping into that, that zone. Cause there are so many people that don't see the value in it. And one thing that you said earlier that I really, you know, I think is so valuable is that our brain is picking up all these little things that we maybe don't even recognize that we're doing. And a lot of people, you know, they are maybe resistant to breaking into that thinking and how, I guess for most people, I would assume that you're doing coaching with, they've had some sort of initiation to want to reach out or high performance coaching or specializing with there have some sort of initiative to reach out to you. But if somebody is maybe a little bit resistant to anything that we're saying, and I think this is something, you know, for a lot of people, they might hear it and go, ah, no. Right. And it's, the change is coming. I think for a lot of people, right. The realization of a lot of thing, if there's one main component of everything to kind of maybe help them step back or be more present in the moment to see the reality of, as you said, through their own lens around them, what is that one thing that might be able to show them they have way more power with their mindset than they believe they do. Yeah. So I would say to look and see, is your life heading in the direction you really want it to? And if so, great. Um, If it's not, have a look around you. I mean, like I've said, finding those examples of people who are doing that. Mm. Also taking a look at what is it that I'm doing that is stopping me from getting where I want to get to. Again, be honest with yourself. Sometimes we don't like it because actually we know in order for me to get to where I want to get to, I'm going to have to give up that habit or I'm going to have to start disciplining myself to 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 create new habits that Mm. actually I'm not sure I want to. Or, you know, so we've got to take take an inventory of your life and your habits and your actions of where you're at. First, the first port of call is raising that awareness to yourself. Maybe spend a couple of weeks just noticing what you do or don't do. And when you find those examples also of people who are successful, you can start to say, well, what is it that they do that I don't do? Or what am I doing that they wouldn't even dream of doing? In neurolinguistic programming, we talk about technique called modeling, where we find somebody who's already done what we want to do and we mimic what they're doing. Uh, action by action. But the, the key is if you can get into their mindset as well. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking at this point? You get to compare what they're doing compared to what you're doing. And then that starts to give a a broader picture of maybe why you're not where you want to be and and what you need to do to get there. And I love the fact that you said being brutally honest. I know you talked about it earlier as well, but for a lot of people, you know, one thing that I have found and I've been a you know part of that club as well is we think we're being with ourselves, right? We think we're in the moment being quiet or whatever, but we have maybe music going on or we have different things going on. And it's so easy to keep our mind distracted and to be able to be how valuable, I guess, essentially is for yourself in any of the practices that you've done, whether it be personally that you've listened to or emulated from some of the successful people or just helped with the high performance with individuals of just being able to be in the quiet and truly just sit with yourself to be able to have, as you said, that hard conversation with yourself. 
it is it is crucial that we can do that and it can be uncomfortable <laughs> I, mean, I remember there was a time where i couldn't dream of driving for an hour in the car without the music blaring mm-hmm. and actually i reached a point where i started to enjoy it but you what you do is you cre- you create the space to allow like the truth to come out in you you might not want to hear it you might not like it <laughs> but at least you know and just allows it because like you were saying everything is so busy so much information coming left right and center that if we don't just remove the the stimulus around us then we're just constantly clouding over our intuition uh, our thoughts everything and it becomes so addictive as well, right? Where we, we get addicted to having that background noise and we don't often realize it. And I, I didn't recognize that for a long time either, you know, being, whether it was, you know, being on long bus rides as I know for yourself with sports and stuff, traveling, right. You, you find things to distract your mind, but you don't recognize that you're doing it. And then all of a sudden when being able to step back and see, you go, Oh my God, like there's a huge gap in where I'm trying to go sometimes. So I think I'm glad that that is definitely something that you're a proponent of. And again, knowing that there's huge, <laughs> if somebody wants to connect with yourself and they want to get more information, they want to look at getting into either just asking you questions or they want to get connected with you to look at doing some specialist uh, coaching with them. How is the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, so the best way is people can either connect with me on Instagram um, and drop me a message through there or email me at elizabethcan at mail.com. So Elizabeth spelled with a Z and then can is C-A-N-N at mail.com. Yeah, I'd love to, I'm more than happy to just have a chat, answer any questions that anybody's got. We'll talk about what high performance coaching could look like for them, or even discuss the the biohacking bioresonance device that I'm a huge fan of as well and helps us to kind of get ourselves aligned and ready for success. And I'll have all of the the social media links as well as your email in the show notes so everybody can get a hold of you that way. And then one final thing that I have for you is how important is it to truly look at the limitless possibilities in life to be able to take ourselves from where we are to where we want to go? Oh, I think we should do nothing but look at the limitless possibilities. I know that I have accomplished things that were far beyond what I ever thought I could accomplish. And that was with me doing a lot of my own research and learning. I didn't, if I'd had a certain kind of coach at different points in time, you know, you can look back and think if I'd had this or that, it could have been different. But a lot of it was, and I'm kind of, you know, proud to say a lot of it was my own research. But what it did show me above anything else, whatever I achieved was, that we have no idea what our potential really is. And so that's why I hate the word realistic. You know, we use it to a certain extent. Yeah, I know, absolutely. But I think, why, why let's, let's not be realistic, actually. You know, let's see what's really possible. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of, the, one of my favorite quotes that I've ever heard. And I, I'm not sure exactly who coined it, but we should always aim for the moon because if we miss, we'll land amongst the stars, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. I think actually that exact quote, I used to have a little booklet of quotes 
that I used to motivate myself with. And that was one of them in there. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic one. And then the final thing that I have is how important is looking at progress and focusing on progress along the journey to the limitless possibilities rather than being so centrally focused on that end goal? Oh, that's, I think looking at the progress helps us to see, actually, I'm doing quite well. And it gives us some encouragement. We can pass ourselves, okay to pat ourselves on the back every now and then. I think to look back and think, well, actually, six months ago, I was nowhere near where I am now. But when we're so in the thick of it, we think sometimes we're not really getting anywhere. And it's not until you stop and see, right, here I am now in comparison to back then. And we think, right, I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing a lot of the amazing insights. And I definitely encourage everybody to get in contact with you to be able to learn a lot more. I definitely, I've enjoyed the conversations that we've been able to have so far, and I definitely want to keep that open. And I'm really intrigued to learn more about the neuro-linguistic programming as well. And I encourage everybody to look at that. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that interview. I know that I got so much value from doing it and really did just get thrust into the interview. And a lot of the stuff that we talked about truly is so powerful, whether it be the value of mindset, the power of habits, some of the contradictory practices that we might not even understand that we're doing to ourselves, or just some of the different things that we're maybe not recognizing are coming into our life and just realizing that how important it is to step back, do a self-evaluation. And as Elizabeth talked about really having those tough, difficult conversations with ourselves about, am I really doing as much as I need to be doing to get to that level that I want to be at? And those self-evaluations and tough conversations can be one of the most difficult things to do, but where true value really is going to lie. And that really is something that resonated so deeply with me. And even since conducting the interview, I've really kind of sat back even more than I normally do and kind of did a little bit of a deeper evaluation on my own life, some of my practices, and really kind of try to take it to the next level. So if again, if you able to get some amazing content from this or some amazing tidbits of information head on over to each one of the social media platforms like and follow elizabeth so you can keep in contact with her like and follow the show and tag both of us online to let us know that you got some great value out of the episodes as that's truly what you can do to help the show the most and it really does mean a lot i really do appreciate each and every one of you being here and i look forward to catching up with each one of you next week when i have an interview with lucas newfeld an mma fighter who came from a humble beginning to being where he's at now and truly has some great insights into what is coming up and how he's taken that inner voice and calmed it to create what he's doing now. I really appreciate each and every one of you again being here. And as always, I look forward to continuing with each and every one of you down the road of limitless possibilities.